Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Rich State of Mind, episode 42, where I'm interviewing Shanta Prince. Shanta is a branding and marketing strategist. She's a gifted teacher and business mentor, helping women entrepreneurs to brand their expertise and turn their knowledge into a profitable business. She specializes in teaching coaches and consultants how to develop clear brand messaging, how to use social media to increase brand awareness, and how to launch digital products and selling coach offers. So this is a cool episode because a little bit of a continuation from the interview I had with uh, Dominique, where we talked about creating the product, how to edit your books, how to edit your blogging, creating your website. Now, talking to Shanta, this is how to market yourself, how to put yourself out there so people know what you're producing, what services you're providing. Uh, so please listen to this great uh, way to build your brand and build your business and increase your conversion rate from making sales. Please visit our site at www.richstateofmind.com where we provide content on real estate, personal finances, and self-development. Share your story and information by posting a blog on our site so that the Rich State of Mind community continues to grow in knowledge. You can also follow our Instagram page at rich underscore state brand to find out about exclusive offers and discount promotions for our apparel. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other outlets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And thank you for listening. Hey, good evening, Shanta. I really appreciate you taking this time this evening to really break down what we're about to talk about. I think a lot of entrepreneurs out there and people that want to uh, build their brand really need to hear this episode. So if you could please, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Anthony. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So my name is Shanta Prince and I help women entrepreneurs to brand their expertise and turn their knowledge into a profitable business. So I specialize in brand messaging because as we know, branding has so many different layers. So my superpower is in brand messaging, just really helping entrepreneurs to narrow down and focus in on what their niche is and how to create the right marketing message around that. And I also help them to create their offers and to create products and services using knowledge that they already have. Okay. And so why is creating a personal brand so important to an entrepreneur? Well, the first thing about branding is um, the reason why branding was originated was for distinction. It was made so that people could distinguish their products from other people's products. And so building a personal brand really um, sets you apart and it distinguishes you from everybody else who's talking about something similar. As we know, I hear a lot of people say this, they say the market is, is so saturated with, with what I'm trying to do. And so building a brand is so important because for that very reason that the market is saturated and you have to have a way to stand out. 
So the incredible thing about building a personal brand is there's only one you. So there should only be one brand that's like yours. Okay. And so what are some tips you, you uh, provide people as to how they can create their own personal brand? Because everybody's unique in their own way. Uh, so right. your job must be very interesting as to how you can identify uh, what's unique about that individual. So the first thing is really helping the person to identify what they're great at doing, because you could be talking about if you're a social media marketing expert and you have another social media marketing expert next to you, there are quite a few things that are going to set you apart from that, that individual. The first thing mm -hmm. is your story. Your story is a very important part of your brand because your story gives people the opportunity to connect with you based on who you are. So you really have to just um, focus in on your story, which is basically how you got from where you were to where you are. So your story is what sets you apart. But one of the other things that really sets, sets your brand apart from everybody else's brand is your gifts. All of us have a, a unique set of skills, a unique set of talents and gifts and things that we're great at. And so one social media marketing expert may be great at one thing, and then you may be great at something that's totally different, even though you're, you're talking about the same things, you're bringing something similar to the market, but the way that you do it may be different. So one of the things that I always tell my clients is that no one can do what you do the way you do it. And so um, really just understanding your story, understanding what you're great at. And then another thing that sets uh, personal brands apart is who you're, who you're serving. We could talk about the same topic, but maybe your audience is different from my audience. And so really knowing who your audience is and who you're marketing to is another um, point of, uh, of distinction. So those are three things that are really important to understand when you're building a personal brand, what your story is, and then also understanding what your gifts are, what you're great at, and then understanding your audience, who you're called to serve. And so when you say uh, making sure that people tell their story, is it through you know, videos? Is it through blogging? Um, how, how do you, or pictures maybe, how do you uh, kind of recommend them to tell their story without I guess making it seem like a documentary? Uh, right. so organic so, organic I guess right, organic exactly so um first of all I would say that video is a, one of the fastest ways to get visibility especially now you know during the times connecting with people is so important so showing up on videos that's one of the fastest ways to build a connection with your audience but I would say that your story comes out in different components of your business so if you're doing um, you know, if you're teaching a class or something along those lines, you would talk about your story in, you know, in your class. And what I always want to make sure that people understand is tell the part of the story that's relevant to what you're doing at that time. Like you don't have to tell, <laughs> you don't have to tell everything, but if you're talking about a specific um, situation or a specific point, use the part of your story to make your point. So that way, you're, you're making a point and you're using that story to make that point. And so your story comes out in various ways and it could come out in pieces. So if it's a, if it's an Instagram post, you can talk about, you know, a, a, a background, a part of your background in your Instagram posts. If you're teaching a class, you can talk about your story in, in your class. And so basically your story comes out in everything that you do. So it can be, you know, come out in, in, in various components, but it doesn't have to be like, um, 
you know, you always showing up on video <laughs> telling the same story over and over again, but you'll just pull different components from your story. And so um, another thing that's really important about telling your story is there's a way to tell your story. Yes. And um, the way that you tell your story is you want to tell your story in a way that inspires people and it helps people to see themselves in your story. And so the first thing that you do when you tell your story is you talk about where you started out. And then you talk about how things started to change. Mm -hmm. And then you talk about what it was like when things started to change. And then you talk about what made you start getting back up. What made you say, okay, enough is enough. I'm turning this thing around. I'm tired of being in this place. (laughs) And so then you want to talk about, um, after you talk about what made you decide to get up, you want to talk about how you turn things around. And so that's really important because you never want to tell your story in a way that leaves people sad. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, just right. tell, you just tell how you fell down, you know, and you just leave people in this in the sunken place. That's just mm-hmm. that's not inspirational at all, right? So you always want to talk about where you were, how you how you fell down, but you always want to leave the people on a note of how you got back up and turned things around because that's where the inspiration comes in. And we know that when it comes to business, most people buy based on emotion, right? We're emotional buyers and we buy when we feel good. And so if you're telling your story in a way that's inspirational, it allows people to connect with you and it allows people to see you as a human, but it also allows people to say, oh, wow, he came back from that or she came back from that then I can come, I can do it too. I can get to to where they are too. And I agree with you because there's a a website building company that I just started using about a month ago. And it took me six months before I actually bought their program because I built, they built a relationship with me. They, I watched their videos and they were relatable. And Mm -hmm. gradually I'm like, okay, these guys are definitely credible because the small tips that they give on their YouTube channel uh, I applied and it was working for me. So then I was like, all right, well, let me look into the, the actual program. And then it, you know, it's been working for me so far. So I definitely, that is definitely true. Now, when it comes to social media uh, branding, do you recommend that people only focus on one social media account and master that one first? Or you like maybe LinkedIn and, and, and YouTube or LinkedIn and then Facebook only? Uh, what, what are your recommendations on that? For social media, I recommend two, at least two platforms. And really, the truth is, people always say, well, what's the best social media platform? And the truth is, it depends on where your audience is. Okay. If your audience is on Facebook, then you get on Facebook. If your audience is on LinkedIn, then you get on LinkedIn. And so I always recommend um, picking two because there's so many out there and you don't need to be everywhere. You can pick two and master them, and then you can repurpose your content out to other platforms. So if you pick Facebook and YouTube, you can focus on really mastering those and then, you know, repurpose your content for other platforms. But I always recommend two to really focus in and master those platforms, depending on where your audience is. Uh, Is there maybe... Maybe you don't know, but is there maybe a website or something that could tell us, hey, because like I, I do personal finance, re- real estate. Is there something out there that could kind of tell us the niches that we pick? Who, what social media uh, platform do they gravitate towards? Those group of people gravitate towards? I usually recommend like if you go to each platform, it gives you their demographics. And there's a lot ah, of there's some very okay. if you just 
if you go to Facebook, it'll tell you, you know, what the demographics are, Snapchat, um, Instagram, you can figure out what the demographics are by just, just going to the website. So if you're looking for like a certain um, age range, for example, if you're looking for the younger, you know, crowd, you may want to go to a, you know, specific um, platform, but it's interesting. You will find that um, if you just go, I would recommend anybody that's really trying to figure out what platforms to master, go check the demographics because you'll be surprised at where the different um, audiences are, are hanging out. But one thing's for sure, I usually recommend for people who want to do um, like corporate types of deals, I always recommend LinkedIn. Like there's some specific um, platforms that you definitely want to be on depending on what you do. So if you're looking to work with like companies and businesses, I always always say you should, you should, be, you should definitely be on LinkedIn. So when clients come to me and they say, well, I, you know, this is what I do. Um, I'm like, okay, like I have one um, lady who came to me and she's like, I do diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I'm like, you definitely need to be on LinkedIn because um, those corporate organizations are the ones who are looking for you. So you need to show up where they are. So that's like really the only one that I usually um, specify based on what the person does. But I think any other platform is great as long as you check the demographics and make sure your age, your age range and the type of people who you're looking for are on that platform. And for people that, do you recommend or do you think that uh, when it comes to social media, can somebody be successful solely, solely on social media, have a social media presence? Do you, or do you recommend eventually having a website as well? So um, that's a really great question. So I do recommend, I, I do believe that, you, that anybody could be successful on social media. Um, however, I always recommend to grow your own email list. Uh, and the reason why I recommend that, and I would not, now I do, now I do, the websites are tricky, right? Because, um, you know, I've seen people make six figures without even having a website, but I do think that websites are important. However, you can be successful without a website. But what I do recommend is to create your own email list. And the reason why is because we don't own any social media platform. Like, for example, Facebook is my main platform. I do not own the traffic or the eyeballs that are on, <laughs> on Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. We know that Zuckerberg owns all of that traffic and he can do with it whatever he pleases. I could wake up tomorrow and then, you know, my account could be shut down. And so if, if, if my whole business is built on Facebook and, you know, my account is shut down, then that hinders my ability to do business. So I always talk about how to convert traffic that you don't own into traffic that you do own. So there should always be a constant process where you're moving your, your audience from social media to traffic that you do own, which is an, a great example is an email list. So as long as you have your email list, you can contact your clients at any time. So if any social media um, platform shuts down or changes their algorithm, which happened before to a lot of entrepreneurs several, several years ago, the Facebook algorithm changed and people were not getting the same reach that they were getting before. It changed dramatically. And so many entrepreneurs struggled with their businesses because they're like, wait, I'm making a post and only a small amount of people are seeing my posts. Whereas I used to make a post and almost everybody on my Facebook page would see it. And so at that time, people started realizing, oh, wait a minute, I probably should be building my email list so that I can reach my, my clients at any time. So I would always use social media 
as just one connection point, but always moving people over to my email list. And that can be done in several ways where you offer something for free and say, hey, in exchange for your email address, I'll give you this. Or, you know, offering some type of class or something that's inspiring people to want to give you their email address so that you can move that traffic over. So, but yeah, you can be, you can be successful, but if you want sustainability, then I would recommend um, moving that traffic and converting it to traffic that you own so that you can be in charge of what you're sending out and you can do it whenever you want to do it. And I guess a good example of, uh, you know, having an incentive for somebody subscribing through your emails is maybe a promo code for a product that you sell. Yes, absolutely. A, a discount code. Um, th those are good ones. Those always get me, <laughs> the discount codes always get me to opt in. Um, and it depends, like if you're a service-based um, business or cultural consultant, you know, something like a free class or like a free PDF, some type of cheat sheet or some type of list, some type of insider information that'll make a person say, oh my goodness, I'm giving up my email because I really want this, this, this offer. So yeah, absolutely. Promo codes and any type of um, free information that you can give out definitely inspires people to give up those email addresses. <laughs> and I guess too many people don't mind this, uh, the constant because I subscribe to a lot. It's almost to the point where like one of my emails is, is my is my spam. Uh, when I want to subscribe to right. something, I just send it to that email address. And I'll just when I really yeah. want to find something, I just put, click go in the search bar and click exactly what I'm looking for. I do the same thing. <laughs> but I, so I'm, I'm still hearing. So even from you now, that email list is still an effective way to reach out to people because I've done. And so I've done email campaigns where I've sent out an email to maybe 700 people, maybe 30 people click on it. Right. And so I, I'm, I guess from me doing those campaigns, the next step is, okay, you have the email list, but is your content that you're submitting is it making people want to click? And then when they click on it, is it making them want to convert into a sale or, yeah. you know, go onto your website? Absolutely. And so the trick to that is headlines. Like you really have to use headlines and make people want to open up um, those emails. And it's true. You're going to always have people on your email list that don't open your emails, but you can increase your open rates by using um, headlines that make people say, Oh man, I, this is interesting. I want to, I want to, you know, take a look at this. So I want to open this up and see what it's all about. But yeah, so I would say like, you know, if anybody's trying to increase those open rates, I would say start testing different headlines. Um, and you can start by just thinking about, you know how, like we talked about, like we both have those, that spam, <laughs> those that, that email address where we opt into a lot of different things. First of all, think about the emails that made you click. So if, you, if you're going through your spam, you're like, oh, this looks interesting. Let me click on it. Think about that, what headline they use to get you to open it up. So um, that's how you can, you know, increase those open rates by, you know, looking at those, um, trying to create awesome headlines, testing a few headlines and seeing what's working. So if you send out one headline, it's like, oh, that didn't work. That didn't open, that open rate was kind of low. Try a different headline and see how that open rate is. So that's what I would recommend to anybody who's trying to increase those open rates. Test those headlines. And so, okay, I have an example for you. Um, so you are, you, you're an entrepreneur. You are, you are very passionate in what you do. You have your friends and your family that are on your social media already. Mm -hmm. How can you convert people into a genre or niche that maybe they're not so much into? Uh, to, because the, that is your audience as it stands right now. 
So how do you recommend people optimize the audience they already have? And maybe they're not in, into that particular niche so much. You mean the persons that's trying to convert people is not yes. is, is starting a new niche? So they have they have an audience, their audience is friends and family, you know, the normal friends and fam, you know, followers or friends that they usually have on social media. And they have a niche that they're passionate about. But the people that are already following them or who they're friends with, that's not really their audience. How do you recommend people kind of maybe attract the people that's already there for, the, for them to share it or maybe reach out and branch out to other uh, another audience in the same on the same platform? Got it. So what I would do is, um, and I, I do this and I teach it to my clients as well. You may have a few people who are already in your audience that are interested in what you do. But I think the most important thing is your family and friends, they want to help, right? They may not be your, your ideal client or your ideal customer. They may not even be interested in what you're doing, but they want to help. So one thing that you could do is ask people to share. So if you say something along the lines of, hey, you know, I just started my, my t-shirt business or I just started my coaching business. If you know anyone who will be interested in this, introduce me to them or tag them in this post, something along those lines. I had one client who a few weeks ago, she made one post on her, her, um, her page mm -hmm. and she picked up about nine new clients from just one post that she made to her family and friends. They started recommending people to her. They started hopping in her direct messages. And so she was able to leverage the power of the audience that she already had. So, but again, I would still recommend to still move them somewhere else. So if you have people on your page who are interested, move them to somewhere else, whether it's a Facebook group or whether it's to your email list or something along those lines to start building your audience. So it's like you're pulling yeah. from your family and friends page but you're pulling them somewhere else so that you can build an audience of people who are interested in what you have to offer. The most disappointing thing is when entrepreneurs build an audience, but it's an audience full of people who don't care about like what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. You want your audience to be interested in what it is that you're doing. So pull from that audience, but you know, constantly, you know, be growing your audience in another location. But I will tell you that family and friends can be very powerful as far as helping. You could leverage the power of that and ask them to share, ask them to introduce you to people, ask them to refer you to people. And that is a really great start for building an audience. Thank you for validating because we just created a Facebook group a month ago. And I think collectively, Amir and I have maybe about maybe let's say 3000 friends, but we have 300 members in the group so far. And I, what you just said kind of validated the thought process at least you broke it down where it was converting those people into people that actually want the content. They want to see that right. on a daily yeah. basis. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And your groups are really powerful for selling as well, getting clients, getting new customers. Groups can be very powerful if you leverage them the right way. And it's really also important to do when you're on these social media platforms to do whatever they're directing their attention to. So for example, the reason why I know that Facebook is so passionate about groups right now is because I was watching TV and I saw a commercial about Facebook groups. And I said, wait a minute. I said, if they spent money to put an ad on TV to encourage me to go join a Facebook group, that must mean Facebook is really putting their attention to Facebook groups. So when you do what, whatever that platform is, is, is focusing on at, at that time, 
they reward you for it and they make sure you get a big return on it. So groups are very powerful. So, you know, always pay attention to, you know, what that platform is doing and then you follow on the same, same path and you'll definitely get a, a great payoff. You just made, you just made me think uh, with the Facebook groups, it kind of is similar to Reddit, how they have their groups. Yeah. And I think Facebook took a page out of Reddit's book. Yeah, exactly. That's what Facebook does, right? They take a, you know, they take a page, you know, we, we have um, some features, you know, coming up that, you know, came from other, other platforms, like, you know, Facebook owns Instagram. And so um, when Snapchat came out, then we got stories. <laughs> so in, in order to, you know, compete with that. And so people started leaving um, Snapchat and coming back to Instagram because they were like, okay, well, Instagram has, you know, stories now. So, but yeah, Facebook is, is big on like doing things to compete with the other social media platforms. And then when you hop on the bandwagon, you know, early, they definitely reward you for it. <laughs> so just like the reels right now, the reels on Instagram are competing with TikTok. And so mm. if you're doing reels on Instagram, they're rewarding you for it because they want people to use the reels because they're competing with, with TikTok. So that's how the reels on Instagram are getting, you know, such great views is because they they're are. rewarding people for jumping on the bandwagon. They definitely get a lot of exposure. Uh, it was one of the YouTube videos I watched where they talked about how Instagram likes it when you use the story, use the reel, take a picture, yeah. do a video, and uh, you get more exposure uh, through there. I'm not sure what the YouTube algorithm is just yet. Um, cause I know it's, it's, it's the second biggest search engine next to Google, which is so yeah. crazy because Google owns YouTube. So it's like, it owns the whole search engine, uh, game. Uh, so when it comes to branding, uh, what do you notice works best, uh, for people? And I guess across the board in all platforms, what have you seen work best for individuals? Well, what I'm seeing right now that's working very successfully on um, most of the platforms is direct messaging. And I'm finding, I'm finding a couple of different uh, views on sending direct messages to get sales. And I see like one, um, one group of entrepreneurs, they're getting offended because they're like, somebody just sent me a direct message, you know, trying to offer me something. Mm -hmm. And they're like, why are they doing that? Why are they sending me... And then I'm like, to me, I'm looking at them like you're missing out on like a large, <laughs> you're missing out on a lot of money if you're not sending people um, direct messages. The reason why direct messages are so powerful is because of the connection. Like how you talked about how, you know, this company built a relationship with you and you felt that, that you were able to relate to them and, um, and then you eventually bought something from them. Well, it's the same concept with the direct messages. You're, you're connecting with people and you're building a relationship before you sell. Now, I'm not talking about the person who we haven't heard from in five years, and then they hop in your direct messages and you think, oh, I haven't heard from this person in five years. Let me try to catch up with them and see how they're going, how life is going for them. And then you find out they just joined this new company and they want, to, <laughs> they want you to buy their new product or join their team or something yeah. along those lines. And I think people get aggravated with that because it's like, wait a minute, at least say hello first or like ask me how I'm doing. The relationship is really important first. I always say connect before you collect, right? Okay, Build a I connection like that. Before you try to collect or you try to sell something, build a connection first. And so getting in those direct messages and really just connecting with people, ask, asking them about their business, asking them about how they got you know, into whatever it is that they're doing. And just really having that relationship 
And then you can lead, that can lead up to a sale or, you know, a, a consultation. But um, especially right now where things have changed, we all know that the world has changed. And um, I believe that people are craving that connection, that authentic connection. And so direct messages work very powerfully if you use them the right way by building a connection with people. And I've grown my group by just getting into direct messages. So if I'm in a Facebook group and I see someone ask a question that I know that I could help, I'll send them a DM and say, hey, I saw you ask this question in the group. You know, I have a Facebook group where I teach on, you know, this topic. Would you like me to send you the link to join my Facebook group? Most of the time they say, yes, please do send me the link. And then so I bring them over. And so the connection I found is a lot stronger when you're doing it organically. And the reason why I say this is because I actually in January, in January, I spent $2,000 on Facebook ads. I ran, I ran a Facebook ad for like a, a couple of weeks. I spent $2,000 and I brought in a couple hundred people into my group. And so I did, I run this boot camp called a brand in demand boot camp. And so I ran the boot camp and um, the conversion from the people from the ads was a lot lower than the boot camp that I did the month before where I did it all organically. Okay. Connecting people and then inviting them over. The conversion when I offered my program was a lot higher because I had individually and organically brought these people over to my group. So the trust was, was there. They trusted me because I sell high ticket. So they trusted me. So when the people from the ads came in, it was like very difficult to convert them because they're like, well, I just met you. <laughs> like, so, um, so that organic way of getting those DMs can be super powerful for just building that connection and then um, getting to know people and then, you know, offering a sale. So one of the things, one tip for like the Facebook, like you, like you have your Facebook group. One thing um, that I'm doing that works really nicely is just sending people a simple welcome message. When they join your group, hop in the DMs and say, hey, I just wanted to reach out. I'm the creator of this group. You, you know, you put the group name and you say, I just wanted to personally welcome you to the group. And that starts the conversation right there. And then you can start asking, hey, well, how did you get into what you're doing? What do you, you know, things like that. But that basically starts the connection. And then what I found is after I connect with people in the DMs, they go inside the group and engage more. Because now they feel connected and they feel welcome and they feel um, more confident about engaging and sharing in the group. So just a simple welcome message could really like change the whole um, vibe of, of your Facebook group. You got my brain churning because, you know, you know, there's obviously there's people out there that they they you, you know, they charge you to run your social media for you. And that would be great if you especially if you had a lot of people on a daily basis coming into your page. You got that administrator of that Facebook group inviting or welcoming everybody and having conversations with everybody throughout the day. I think the conversion would be crazy on that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it absolutely would be. And, you know, also having them to, you know, just if the person is in their group and in the, in the group and they say, well, I'm really struggling with, you know, my marketing. And then that administrator can go inside a group and say, hey, you know what? I'll tag you in the group. There's already a marketing video that was done a few weeks ago. I'll tag you in that video. And then that gives that person access to some content. 
but then you want to think about how you're going to move them over to that, e that email list as well. So, so yeah, it could work very powerfully. I usually recommend people start out doing it themselves first and then bring somebody in because you want to be able to give that person guidance. Like if they're oh, getting yeah, stuck, sure. in, you want to be able to say, okay, like do it this way. So I usually recommend just start out doing it yourself and then, you know, then bring somebody on so that you can, you know, give them guidance and guide them in the right direction. But yes, people are absolutely looking for people to uh, manage their group. So it's, um, if you can, you know, learn how to do that, you know, if anybody want, is interested in doing that, that'd be a great, you know, extra, extra income to be able to support um, those Facebook groups. And you just reminded me when you were saying directly going into people's DMs, those random messages I do get from people I haven't talked to forever. Hey, do you bank with Bank of America or Navy Federal? I have a quick way of you making $5,000 with no money. And it's just like, oh my right. God. Exactly, right? They don't even say hello or like, how you doing? Nothing. They just jump right into it. And that's why I say there's a right way to be in the DMs and a wrong way to be in the DMs. <laughs> yeah. And that's definitely, I guess, what, that is definitely one of the wrong ways. And I've, I have definitely grown over these last six months of building our website, uh, finding, you know, SEO, how important that is, keyword search, uh, f finding out the algorithms of these different platforms, social media platforms. I've definitely grown appreciation for marketing. Yes. And that is definitely being a salesman and, and marketing yourself is definitely not something that is easy. I know sometimes it is, looks like it's easy when you see these people on social media right. they they make it seem very easy like it's a, there's nothing to it uh but yeah. i think it's really they just identify what the people want and what they're kind of good with good at and they mesh it together and then that picks yeah. up uh you know you know exactly obviously maybe doing challenges when those challenges come out that that's a good way to get circulating yep it is. That's one of my strategies that I use. I do uh, the boot camp that I do is, is like a challenge. You know how people do like the five day challenges. Those are um, really great, especially for selling like high ticket products or like coaching and things like that. Um, those work very well because you can take people who don't know you and they spend like a whole week with you getting to know you. And then by the time you get ready to sell your offer, they feel connected and, you know, they trust you because we know no one is pulling out their credit card to pay you if they don't trust you. Oh, yeah. So those challenges gives you time to, you know, connect with people and, you know, have them get to know you. So, yeah, they work very well. Do you... Do you have a, a affiliate marketing for yourself? And do you recommend do. people doing that? I do affiliate market. I do. I have an affiliate program where if someone is bringing recommending people to me, I do, I do pay them. So if they recommend someone and they join my program, then I do pay them an, a, a, a fee. Um, and I do recommend affiliate marketing. I think everyone should have some type of affiliate marketing because um, when things start to change, you still have a system in place of people who are like marketing for you. So you know how we talked about the algorithm and how like certain platforms can change their algorithm at any given moment. If the Facebook algorithm change, if the YouTube algorithm change, if the Facebook ads are not working like they used to work, you still have a system, a marketing system that's working. And one of the things that I think can outpace any type of advertisement is word of mouth. Yes. Word of mouth is 
And that's why influencers get paid to share products because of it's word of mouth. And if an influencer is trusted and they say this product is great, then it, it sells. And so your affiliate program is kind of like that. It's people saying, hey, this program is awesome. You can click here to sign up or click here to join. And word of mouth can continue to go even if every other thing is like crashing down. <laughs> that system can continue to move by itself. And so I do recommend affiliate, you know, <laughs> affiliate program for everybody because you want to have another system and not depend on just social media or just um, advertisements to grow your business. So I think it's definitely a great um, source and it's, it's very powerful. Very yes. powerful. So I, and, and the trend that, uh, or theme that keeps coming back in this episode, finding different ways to, to make sure traffic comes back to you uh, and, and maintaining that power. And affiliate marketing, I definitely like as well. I haven't really created a service yet from, for us on what that would be, but I definitely use other individuals uh, through ClickBank or like Amazon. Yeah. So like uh, I, I do affiliate marketing for Robert Kiyosaki, his uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad summits. Uh, yeah. So it's definitely something that I think is great, especially if, if it matches like the individuals that use have to go through your program. If, if it already matches what they're already doing, the conversion would be crazy. Yeah. Uh, so Absolutely. And it's, it, it really, you know, as long as you're, you know, finding a way to connect the product that you're selling with what you're doing. And that's by just telling your story. If you use the product and you're saying, listen, I did this, I did this program and it took me from here to there. You know, we talked about that brand story. You can create that brand story for the affiliate product that you're creating and the conversion can skyrocket just like that because you're connecting with the product that you're offering and people can see the results that you got and really get excited about the, whatever product it is that you're sharing with them. Uh, what have you noticed is some of the biggest uh, mistakes entrepreneurs are making when it comes to uh, building a brand and converging and selling online? Well, I would say, I think that one of the, one of the biggest things that I see is entrepreneurs not knowing how to articulate the benefits of their product okay and so um one of the things that i <laughs> i've shared before is like i have like a makeup brush right here mm -hmm. and so what i see entrepreneurs doing is saying here's a makeup brush and it's like okay that what is that going to do for me but if you're saying here's a makeup brush and the benefits of this makeup brush is that the bristles are really soft and they were not, no animals were used in making this brush. The bristles are really soft. So it doesn't feel like it's poking your face when you wear the make, um, when you put your powder on. The other thing about this makeup brush is that you can fit it inside of a small makeup bag. So when you're traveling, if you wanna take this brush with you, you can easily put it inside of your makeup bag and put it in your purse and go. So you see how like I'm explaining, I'm not just saying, hey, here's the makeup brush. But I'm explaining, okay, this is what this makeup brush can do for you. These are the benefits of this makeup brush. And so what I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing is just putting their products out there, but they're not explaining to the people, their audience, what is in it for them. How is this product going to benefit them? And so um, I feel like just learning how to do that, even though it seems really simple, it really moves the needle forward when it comes to selling and marketing. When you're talking about 
hey, here's what this can do for you. It's not just a course, but this course can do this for you. So if you sell a course or any kind of product, learning how to just explain the benefits with anything that you do, even if you're inviting people to your group, if you're saying, hey, here's my Facebook group, click here to join. Don't just say that, say, okay, here's my Facebook group. I talk about branding and marketing for coaches and consultants inside of this Facebook group. I'm doing a live video every week where I'm giving you the inside scoop on how to market your brand. So you want to talk about like what the benefits are for people in anything that you do. So I would say that is one of the biggest things that I see entrepreneurs doing is just not knowing how to explain um, what it is that their product or service is doing. The other thing that I see is not giving a call to action. That's the other mm -hmm. big mistake that I see people making. And it has happened to me several times where I'm looking at a product and I'm like, oh, this is nice. I want to buy this. And then I can't figure out how to buy it because the person who posted it didn't tell me what to do to get it. So something as simple as saying, click this link to, to yeah. buy this or buy now. go to this website. Exactly. Tell me how to get it. Right. So, so um, just not telling people what to do next, because when you're putting that content out there, when you're sharing anything on social media, some people are going to say, oh, well, I want to take the next step. You have to tell people what to do to the next step. So I would say those are two big ones, not explaining the benefits of the product and not giving a call to action <laughs> and telling people how to get the product or how to work with you or how to you know get to your group or whatever it is that you want them to do. So I feel like those two things can move, move that needle forward when it comes to growing your audience or selling products and services. That was my biggest pet peeve with Instagram, where if you don't have at least 10,000 followers, you can't have the swipe up feature for them to go to a link. Right. I was like, oh, <laughs> right. uh, but you, you can at least do right. the, uh, the business page and then you can promote your your uh, posts and then they can click on the shop now or yeah. learn more. So you could do that, but you got to pay for that one. So what I started doing yeah. was I started having a call to action on my YouTube videos where I think I set it mm -hmm. up with the editor. Hey, the third time my face shows up, do a call to action to follow me on Instagram so that my Instagram followers can go up. And then eventually I could do the swipe up feature. So <laughs> that's like my yeah, main uh, right. motivation. <laughs> right. The other thing too, with that swipe up feature, you can do swipe up to video. So even if you don't have the 10,000 followers, you can put swipe up and they can, it can connect them to one of your IGT videos. So that's one way to, it's still not the same as, you know, what the 10,000 followers does, but it can still get people in the habit of swiping up and, you know, going to, so if you, let's say you did, you know, like a new video or something, you know, you can have people put like a little clip of it and then tell people to swipe up to get the rest of it. And so that'll definitely get people like, you'll start training your audience to swipe up. So when you do hit that 10,000, you know, you can just have them swipe up and then you can lead them to some type of sale. Yes, exactly. And so that's the, that is the, I've noticed there's steps to this, right? You, and for, for a few reasons, there's steps to this. One, you don't want to overload it and then try to create content, try to create a product. And then now right. you're trying to do, uh, you know, your own production movie uh, <laughs> right. all at once, right? Because you yeah. obviously you need customers. And at the same, you know, it's overwhelming. And then at the same time too, yeah, you won't have that conversion that you want if they didn't see that journey that you were talking about earlier. The yeah. first through nine months, you saw the content I was putting out. Uh, you see that I have some type of authority in the niche that I'm talking about. I 
I do definitely live this life. I am on a paleo diet. I do work out. I do work with finances. Uh, yeah. And then when I put my book out as how I became a millionaire doing yeah. such and such, you believe me because of the 10 months you've been following me and me staying consistent. And then now you, I can get you with the book. Uh, so I, it's, it's definitely like, I, I enjoy the process. I think it, it makes it real. It definitely shows who the real people are and who's not with this process. You will be exposed. I, I believe. Uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's, it's definitely true. You, you definitely will be exposed. I feel like business entrepreneurship is like the biggest, like personal develop development path that like you can ever be on because yeah. I feel like it'll bring out the best and the worst because you'll start realizing, wait a minute, like I didn't even know I was like this. Let me like work on, you know, this area of, of myself. It makes you like really um, take an inventory of your entire life. <laughs> it's not no, like, yeah, it does. Not, like talked about like in the military, how the military is a lifestyle. Entrepreneurship is a lifestyle as well. And it really forces you to not just, you know, it's not like a job where you can just go work your job and then, you know, keep your life separate. Like entrepreneurship will hit your whole entire life and make you have to like, you know, change things about yourself so that you can obtain the kind of success that you're striving for. So on the cure side, you had a plan of the day or you had a plan of the week? I have a plan of the week. And it is so funny that you asked that. I literally have a plan of the week and um, it's about maybe like five or six pages long. <laughs> and I actually created it because when I got out of the military, I struggled to figure out what to do every day. Like, you know how you go to the ship, the plan of the day is already ready for you. So it's like, all you have to do is just follow what's on the plan of the day. So when I got out, I would wake up like, what am I doing? Like, what should I do today? What should I do with my time today? And so um, I created myself a plan of the week where I have everything laid out that I'm doing every single day. And I literally grab it. Like if I'm, if I'm getting off track, I'll grab my plan of the week and say, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I get to it. It is really great for keeping me on track and it actually works. So that's one thing that I did take from the Navy is putting that plan of, week to, putting that plan of the week together and sticking with it. And it really helps with my productivity. And I think I will be picking up the same thing because I think once I do my 20, 25 years, I will be running around doing multiple things. I find myself doing it on the weekend sometimes. I have all this time in my head. Okay, what do I do with it? Clean the house, work on the business. Right. Okay, edit podcasts, play with my son, you know, play with our daughter. So there's like so many things that you want to do, right? To make up for the time that you couldn't do it. Uh, and in, like in your case, right? We are, a lot of us that come from the military, we are very structured. We have yeah. our life is laid out. Hey, we knew what we were probably going to do the, the day before actually, because the green sheet or yep. the day plan of the day come out the day before. And so we know going in, all right, this is what I got to do at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. I'm going to go eat 1300. I come back. So I work. It's like literally not like planned out hour for hour. Right. So I can imagine like you don't have that structure and it's like, all right, what do I do? And so, yeah, definitely a good takeaway. And I got to figure out how I'm going to do that. Maybe like a Microsoft Word or Excel or something. I like putting yeah, like I the uh, formulas in there. Yeah, I did mine in Word. Um, and I just, you know, type everything. I actually have it right here. Let me just grab it. So like, this is so funny that we're talking about this. <laughs> but you can see right here, it says Shanta's plan of the week. That's crazy. I'm <laughs> so, so yeah, so I actually have like 
a few, and like I literally just typed it. I have it in Word, and I just really for every single day, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing between 12 and 12:30. This is what I'm doing between yeah. So it doesn't have to be complicated. Is what I'm trying to say. You can just type it all up and really um, get yourself like an organized plan so that you can be able to you know conquer the things that you want to do. So you you know we would do it. You do it just like how you know it, it is in the Navy. You would structure your day out and say, okay, from this time to this time, I'm focusing on um, growing the business. From this time this, to this time, this is family time. And you got to stick to it and really be like aggressive with it. Like if this is family time, you're not taking business calls because you're like, no, I'm stick this is my family time. My phone is all the way over there on the charger. I'm not messing with it. I'm spending time with my family. And you'd be surprised at like how much you can get done by just saying, okay, if, you, if your mind knows, okay, I got two hours to get this done, you'll be more productive because your mind is going to help you to accomplish, you know, the most that you can in those couple of hours. And so, and then you can even do like, you know, batching your content where you say, okay, it's Saturday. I'm taking this whole Saturday and I'm recording five podcast episodes because you're batching it all in one day. So you can take one Saturday a month and record like five episodes and then be done with your episodes for like a whole a whole month yeah, and right. you will put that you will put that on your your plan of the week and say okay every fourth saturday i'm taking a whole day and i'm batching all of my content in on on that day and you know the same thing with your videos and any other thing that you want to do but maybe i think this is something that we need to just you know take to the world and just say look you need a plan of the week no <laughs> I, I, I agree together <laughs> I agree. I, I wish I would have thought about it or brought it up sooner, actually, because I think a lot of people, especially in the military, when we get out, we we miss. I think that's one part maybe we miss a little bit. We complain yeah. about the early hours and the late and the late hours, but it right. was very helpful to have your day very structured because it did help with productivity. Yes, it definitely does. And another thing that was really helpful that, you know, I see people taking an approach to like doing new things and they say, well, just, just um, start with one little thing first and then add something. And I'm like, that's okay. But when we went to boot camp, there was no gradual anything. Like you got hit with everything all at once. You were getting up at six, at six o'clock in the morning. You were PT, you were eating three meals a day. You were in bed, you know, and you couldn't get into, you couldn't even get in bed until 9.55 until taps. And so, and so like we got hit with everything like all at once and then like you know there was no okay well tomorrow I'm gonna start getting up at six and then I'm gonna do that for 21 days and then I'm gonna start getting up at six and PT and then I'm gonna do that for 21 days it was like no everything was like boom <laughs> hit us with everything and then we just you know had to come into alignment with that so I do believe that that's one way it's like you know put yourself in like a boot camp and say okay this is what I'm doing for the next like 90 days i'm putting myself in boot camp and i'm getting this book done or i'm getting this project done and you know structure yourself and just you know bust it out but i do believe that that's one advantage that us military people have <laughs> over just you know the everyday civilian is that we know how to like discipline ourselves and get stuff done what would you say is the time frame somebody should continue to put out content before they, they maybe they need to reassess so Maybe I say six months pass and I, I want to increase my, my, you know, my analytics, my traffic, you know, my conversion. Uh, 
is there a certain time frame that you recommend or is it kind of based off the the niche that they've decided I think it's definitely uh depending on the on on the on the niche and another thing too is um I think that you should assess every day. Like you should assess your analytics every single day and see what's working and see what's not working. But going back to what we talked about with the DMs, when you're connecting with people, one way to increase your views and to get more traffic is find out what people are looking for. If you're getting into DMs, you know, let's say for example, you get 10 new people in your group, you're hopping into DMs, you're welcoming all 10 of those people and you're asking them questions, hey, you know, what do you feel like you need the most help with right now with your, with your brand or whatever it is that you do? And if five of those 10 people say, well, you know what? I really just need clarity. I don't even know what I'm doing. I just need clarity. Then you know that's a topic that you should be creating content around because five people in your audience just told you, well, I'm really sucking at trying to figure out um, exactly how I'm gonna get clear on what it is that I'm doing. And so increasing your, your views and, um, you know, making those numbers go up comes from you engaging with people and just figuring out, oh, wow, so this is what they really want. See, what some people do, they look at their competitors to try to figure out what, con what type of content to put out. But what we really should be looking at is our audience and what they're telling you that they want from you. And so just really, you know, assessing on a daily basis and then figuring out how to pivot and what to put out from there um, can increase, you know, increase those views, increase those traffics, and then increase sales. Okay, so answer. So, and when it comes to articles or blogs, we would say a response post, identifying what is the most questions people are asking and then responding to it uh, will provide the most traffic and the most conversion. So, I'll definitely be trying that in our Facebook page. Hey, what type of what type of content based off the topics that you know that we cover? Are you hurting on? So like I know for one is uh, budgeting apps. People really, you know, responded well to the budgeting apps, which which ones are best work for us or would best work for my family? You know, but, you know, does it provide credit scores or maybe even suggestions on what banks to go with and stuff like that? So uh, definitely something that I will wow, apply great. as well, because you definitely yeah, and you, you can do polls, too. You, oh yeah yes you're right polls forgot about that we only use that like once actually yeah you're right yeah because instagram does polls and that'll be yeah instagram does polls and inside of your facebook you can do polls too so if you say um you know what do you feel like you need most help with right now when it comes to your budget and you put like the answers and you see you know what most and people love them because you know they get to they you're putting them in control and you're letting them like vote on something. And I usually get really good responses to polls, but when I do polls, they're very strategic. Like I'm not just doing it. Like I'm really trying to figure something out. Like if I'm saying, okay, like one poll I did, I said, when you're looking for information about your business, which social media platform do you go to first? And I put like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and people voted YouTube. Like YouTube was like the, their first place that they go to. And so that helps me to understand, hmm, okay, so my audience is going to YouTube. So those polls can be very helpful with figuring out like what type of information to put out and just really getting to know more about your audience. Like for example, if I say, do you like Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? I'm not just doing it for fun, right? <laughs> like I know I want to know because if I if I decide I want to run a Facebook ad and I'm like, you know what? 
my audience likes Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> so I may, you know, narrow some things down and Dunkin' Donuts may be in there somewhere because um, majority of my audience is saying, hey, I get my coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. So those polls could be great for getting, you know, getting that information and really understanding your audience very well because you want to become a master at what your audience likes, what they enjoy, because that's all going to go into improving your marketing. This has been a very great episode with a lot of rich content, because I think when it comes to entrepreneurship, it is not as like straightforward as people may think. Like, hey, I'm passionate about, about something. I'm going to push it. And then it's just going to work out. There are definitely some very uh, high detailed attention, attention to detail aspects that um, I, I think it helps, it helps me appreciate the process. I think that without appreciation of the process and it actually having a true organic process to it, then you would have a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, I guess, shams or uh, what's the other word I'm looking for? I forgot, but pretty much a lot of, what is it? Oh man, can't even think of the word right now, but pretty much a lot of, a lot of uh, businesses that would not be providing a service for, for individuals. It would be like, oh yeah, I, I went to you because you, you, you advertised this product to me, but then it really didn't help me. And I actually come to find out it's not even a product you were really trying to sell me. It was something completely different. You just knew, <laughs> or, or like what they like to call it, clickbait, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I, like I, scam. <laughs> yeah, 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 spam or scam. That's the word I was looking for, scam. I don't know why I couldn't find that word. Uh, so it's always the small words, right? That you right. Uh, forget. <laughs> So uh, that's why I like this process. And I think it's, it's, I think it stays true to how people are in the world is no matter yeah. technology and how you can try to hack it. There may be some hacks and some loopholes, but at the end of the day, it's, it still goes down to how relatable you are. Are you, are you real? Are you, are you true to what you do, you're doing? Because eventually, um, you know, people will be exposed, you know, and yeah. I, I kind of like this process. I think it's I think it's neat. And I think I, what I love about it, too, is the fact that you meet a lot of amazing people throughout the process as well. Uh, I'm meeting Elijah, now meeting you. Right. And both we're all veterans. But I, I've I gotten different aspects of entrepreneurship from, the, from both of y'all. Totally different aspects. Uh, and I can appreciate both and, and speak to both. And I think it's I think it's cool. No, you're welcome. You're very welcome because I want the, the goal of this podcast. And I like the fact that you've, you've added now a nice flavor to the, uh, the combination of all the episodes is being able to be that total package. And you may not be able to have your strength may not be you advertising yourself. You may be just good at putting out content. Right. But right. at least you know what is required to stand out. Okay, now that I know what I need to do on social media to stand out, how can I do that if that's not my strength? Maybe I got a friend or a sister that's good at it, right? I may be great at networking, but I don't speak well in front of a camera. Mm -hmm. how, can I, how can I get around that? Um, so I want people to understand that, that you don't have to necessarily be great at everything. Right. Because I know for me, I'm not... I'm not the best at website building. I'm okay with the basics, but my, my, my expertise is mostly writing content, but I can outsource and find somebody that maybe needs to, because I need that email list. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. You don't have to be great at everything. 
And you could always find ways to work what you are great at. And I love what you said about outsourcing because that is the way to go. If you know, like, this is going to take too much of my time. And if you can, you know, depending on where you are in your journey, um, some people have more money than they do time. And some people have more time than money. So if you have more time than money, then you might be able to figure out, okay, I, for right now, for this first time around, like, I got to figure this out because I have, I'm, you know, I'm at home, so I have time to figure this out, you know, but if you have the money to say, look, I'm outsourcing this thing because it's just taking up too much time, you know, then you do it that way. But it's exactly what you said. Like, you don't have to be great at everything. Take what you're great at and work that thing all the way to the top. Yes, yes. And so with all this being said, uh, I like to ask every guest this, you know, I call it, what is your rich state of mind? What is your why as to why you do the things that you do? And why are you so passionate about uh, entrepreneurship? So I do, the first reason why I do what I do is for my family. And the second reason why I do it is for freedom. Like, I want that freedom. We talked about like being in the military and like, you know, I spend a lot of time overseas and on ships. And so now I'm like, I am, um, I'm in control of my own destiny and I get to figure out what I want to do next and where I want to go. And so um, I'm really just on that cruise, <laughs> using that Navy terminology, I'm really just on the cruise to freedom right now. And just really, like you said, just really enjoying the journey and just excited to see what comes out of it. I love it. Uh, we, yeah, we, I did talk about that freedom part and I'm saying, hey, I want to do another 10, 15 years, but I know like having that freedom is gonna, it's gonna taste so good. I'm gonna wake up and be smiling. Right. Uh, <laughs> You know, because seven o'clock is sleeping in for me, you know, so. Right. I know, right? <laughs> well, I appreciate you uh, doing this episode with us. Uh, this was awesome. I know this is going to be very helpful to people. Uh, please, we'll be making sure that we put your contact information, your website, all your social media links in the description uh, so that people can contact you. I'm pretty sure people are going to be hitting you up after this. Uh, because Perfect. this I know is a roadblock for people that either they know exists and they just don't know how to kind of breach through it or they don't realize how important it really is in today's market right so Great. thank you thank, thank you so much thank you